and welcome to Career Burnout, a different kind of gap year podcast. You're with Shan Svales, founder and creator. Episode four brings you a story of a woman who, in my opinion, faces some of the toughest work a counsellor can ever be faced with. She's also a mum to two young kids. And in this episode, she talks candidly about the dual caring roles and the challenge to care for herself. Without further delay, here's Jenny's mental health and work story. Welcome, Jenny, and thank you for being a guest on a different kind of Gap Year podcast. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So first of all, can you tell us a little bit about your work, your career? Uh, Went to university, um, studied a Bachelor of Psychological Science, Um, And then I went on and did a graduate certificate in counselling, thinking that's where I wanted to go. I then started, yeah, mental health and now I have ended up in counselling for the last two years or so, yeah, in family relationship counselling mainly. And that's sort of what I do at the moment as well. Hmm. Lovely. And so there's a bit of, yeah, a bit of, a lot of study there involved and and you've been working in, did you say family relationships counselling? Yeah, couples counselling and working with parents and children um, as well as individuals as well. Yeah. And what, like on a day-to-day basis, what sort of, yeah, that role involved for you? What kind of things do you face? Um, So, yeah, we're seeing about four to five clients a day um, coming in for sessions and some would be, yeah, couples who are trying to work on their relationship, uh, people who were involved with Department of Child Protection, Um, who they had referred them for counselling to address their trauma in order to, and sort of parenting support in trying to get their children back. And what else? And then there was just individuals who also were struggling with relationships or grief and loss, had lost their relationships. Yeah, and then worked with parents who had separated um, and looking at um, sort of some of them might have been going through mediation at the same time and we were working with them to, I guess, see if they could have a have a co-parenting relationship um, that would work for their children. Yeah, so it could be anything. There was lots of domestic violence as well, couples coming in and people that had separated and healing from domestic violence. Quite complex cases, you know, and, and a mixture there of, I'm assuming, man- mandated uh, clients who are mandated to come and see you as well as voluntary. Yeah, strongly suggested. Oh wow! Yeah, complex, complex issues that your clients are fa- you uh, face, and therefore complex um, for 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 yourself, you know, as as well. And and this is the space that you've been in for a couple of years. Or did you do other counselling work prior to that as well in your training? Um, yeah, just before this, I was on the telephone line for one eight hundred respect. So that was yeah for people ringing up wanted um, counselling that experienced domestic violence, um, sexual assault, or family violence. Um, so that was pretty full on as well. Lots of complex complexity there, but um, obviously not an ongoing thing. You just would speak to them, and then the next time you'd probably speak to somebody else. And so that did put me in good stead for this role that experience, all that experience to, yeah, to those kind of issues. But yeah, it is definitely, yeah, varying. Before this, I then, yeah, I was doing, working with disengaged youth, which was cool too. <laughs> Just trying a bit of all different things and 
So a wide, yeah, a wide variety there, working with the youth, but then working with couples, families, individuals, adults, um, and, and in a sector of, of uh, counselling mental health that is quite filled with trauma and loss and, and distressed clients as well you're not in not an easy area whatsoever so so yeah a bit of a snapshot there of your career trajectory and what you've been exposed to you know when sort of you were noticing that you weren't doing okay that something was going on for you yeah I think when I first started this role a couple of years ago I really really enjoyed it (laughs) and then sort of more recently I started to not want to go to work sort of feeling that oh I have to go. I don't want to get out of bed. And I kept joking about that I wanted, I needed annual leave. I kept sort of going, oh God, I need annual leave, you know. Um, and I remember saying that like every day. So I should have probably picked it up, but um, and I didn't take leave. So then I sort of had, yeah, a bit of a, a meltdown, um, is how I'd describe it. Um, and I had to go home from work. And then I didn't return for a couple of weeks. So other signs, I think just an irritability I was just irritable at home I've got two young children so I'd come home and you know sort of want to want to go to bed as soon as they went to bed at like seven o'clock seven thirty I was like cool I'm gonna hop into bed as well yeah was there anything else that you know I mean looking back now that might have been those early warning signs or the suffering the things that you know you you went through um, I'm trying to think. I, I probably had some change at work as well. Um, I had a client pass away and she was pregnant, so her baby also passed away. And that probably happened a few weeks before um, my meltdown happened or probably probably a month and a half actually. And, I, yeah, I think that was sort of the, the first. I think I was grieving and I went to her funeral and, um, or her and the baby's funeral. And I think just as a mother, it just kind of also hit me pretty hard. So I think, yeah, that sort of whether I was in a sort of a grief state and I I didn't sort of probably deal with, I didn't really address that very well, I don't think, because I didn't really think it was uh, valid, I suppose, um, you know, that other people would be grieving so much more for, it was, you know, um, very shock. Uh, she died during childbirth. So it was completely unexpected. And she was, yeah, 40 weeks. She'd rung me the day before saying, you know, I'm, I'm 40 weeks. I, I should go any moment, but I'll book an appointment. And then I got a message saying um, she must have rung the office and said, oh, actually, I've, you know, I've gone into labour. You have to cancel my appointment. And so the expectation was, cool, I'll see her in a couple of weeks, hopefully with a baby. And then I found out through other channels that, um, you know, in a really strange way, found out that, yeah, she'd actually died and the baby died. So, I, yeah, I think I was also the grief just hadn't hadn't really acknowledged all that. Yeah, Jenny, that, that's huge. Uh, it really highlights that uh, the aspects of the job that you do as a counsellor and the trauma, traumas that you get exposed to and the unexpected ones, you know, uh, impact you. I mean, you're a human, you know. <laughs> I was wondering, you know, was there a sense to you when you were starting to recognise that suffering that this might have been like career burnout or depression or compassion fatigue, any of those syndromes or uh, conditions we are as mental health professionals aware of, but just as a human being too? 
Yeah, I mean, I've suffered from depression for a long time and have, you know, been on medication and seen psychiatrists and so that's what I thought it was. I went, oh, okay, I'm having like a, you know, depressive episode, it's a pretty bad one and sort of maybe that was the leading up that it was more of my depression that was, you know, coming out even though nothing had kind of changed with my medication or anything like that coming up to it and then it was only really funnily reading your <laughs> your blog um, and kind of that, oh, maybe this is actually somewhat work-related. Um, so originally I'd put it all that it's all in my mental health and only then that I started to kind of, I guess, look at other um, information out there about burnout. Of course I'd heard about it because, you know, we talk about it at uni, we talk about it in our supervision but didn't think that was it until kind of reading other people's and listening to other people's experiences on it. And then I went, I think that kind of is what it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting experience, you know, that we don't necessarily think that it could be work-related, that the exposure, um, the things that, you know, day-to-day that we're exposed to could be contributing to that depression, that, that those experiences, internal experiences we're having, but it surely can, as you, yeah, um, have found. So that's when you were starting to go, oh, okay, this is, yeah, maybe more work-related and career burnout, fatigue related to that compassion fatigue related to what you do. Um, is there anything else about, like, when you started to, as you were reading other people's stories, including my own, that, yeah, I was just, I, I'm interested in hearing a little bit more about that, like what kind of then started to formulate in your mind about what was going on for you? Yeah, I think it was that I, like, the idea of I would save all my energy when I spend so much energy to get to work, to do a good job at work, that I would come home and then not be a great, what I, you know, that was saying not a great mum, not the kind of mum that I wanted to be. I wasn't happy when I got home, you know, I wasn't enjoying being a mum um, or a wife and I thought that's, well, I've got that mixed up. Um, and I heard other people say that, that it was kind of like, I, you know, you go to work and I have only a certain amount of energy and I spend that getting to work and doing my job and then I'd get home and just, you know, feel flat and um, and I didn't want that to be that way <laughs> anymore. So, yeah, I kind of realised that I had the, that wasn't my values. I had that mixed up too. So something needed to change. Yeah. So you really noticed the impact putting all that energy into your work had on and that work needed from you in some ways too that it it was having a negative impact on your relationships or and how you wanted to be in those relationships how you wanted to be a mum uh and how you want to be as a uh, as a wife a partner as well and recognizing that was kind of like oh yeah I I don't want that (laughs) that's not my values that's not how I want to be and knowing work was directly affecting that it was a turning point it sounds like for you yeah yeah I got to the point where I didn't um you know in my meltdown that I had um I didn't want to be a mum anymore and I thought about you know running away and um leaving my husband and my children and you know in my mind the negative thoughts are telling me that would probably be that would be better for them and that would be better for you and then yeah I think I, I booked well yeah my family picked up that I wasn't you know, all that, all that good at that point. Um, and kind of like, Jenny, you need to go, you know, make sure you ring your psychiatrist and try and get in a bit early. So I rang her and yeah, sort of sort of being to talk about that with her was, um, sort of where I realized like, oh gosh, yeah, 
um, something's going on. That's my my thinking's, you know, gone. That's not what I want, but that's sort of what I what I thought would fix this feeling at that time. Mm. You were suffering so much. Your mind was just trying to find an out for you, you know, an out to relieve that suffering, and it was. Yeah, leaving your husband, leaving your kids, uh, you know, uh, yeah, like you. That's that's just yourself communicating. I'm not okay, but I'm so. It sounds like the people around you and yourself who'd already been engaging in professional help, guiding your yourself and them guiding you to to get that early appointment. Yeah, what was that like? Yeah, that that you know. The professional help and even the personal help, I suppose, hearing a little bit more about your experience of reaching out. Yeah, um, I mean, my children are quite young. They're six and three, so um, quite demanding and, <laughs> you know, need need me and my husband. So um, my parents were amazing. You know, they sort of, you know, would really, would, would, if anything was help was going, do you, do you want me to have the kids? You know, we'll have the kids. We'll just take them for a few hours. You go have a sleep or you know, just rest on the couch and not, you know, not have to care for anybody really, just care about, just look after yourself. And I think to have that permission and then to kind of take take control of that um, and to know that my kids were looked after was where I could finally relax and kind of do what I needed to do, um, I guess, just to have a breather really. I think I, I remember sleeping a lot and, yeah, just, you know, end up just, yeah, watching mindless TV and, yeah, which was yeah, what I, I think I obviously just needed to not care, to have to care about people and give out my energy to other people. I just liked, you know, to be quiet and to not have any noise around was was bliss. <laughs> yeah. But I love what you said there about I just needed to not be in that role of care out. Like because as as a counsellor, you know, there's a it's always about care out, right? When you're at work and as you said before, work was where you were putting or, or just automatically it sounds like putting all your energy. I mean and your work involves care out constantly and you face a lot of very difficult situations and complex ones. And then you're a mum, so there there's an and you've got young kids, so there's a lot more demand of of uh, yeah, of your time. So a lot of care going out there. And then even as a role as a partner, as a wife, you know, there there is caring in that as well. And there it sounds like not uh you know any time for you that care in but having someone take some of that care out responsibility of the parenting, like your uh, your parents, allowed you to be able to do that care in for yourself, you know, the mindless TV, the resting, the sleeping, the whatever. <laughs> but it, it gave you the space to do that and the time off work. I gather, was this in that two weeks? Yes, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was in that two weeks. I then um, had tonsillitis, so I ended up having about three weeks off. Yeah, that's another thing that's so common um, when we're not doing well mentally, emotionally, you know, psychological health is down that usually our physical health is somewhere there. You know, we pick up bugs a lot easier. So, And tonsillitis is a pretty big one. What else did you find, like whether it was in that time or just from there or before then? I was just wondering what other things that you find, you know, maybe that care-in stuff or things that you did that, or others did that was uh, or is helpful for you. Yeah, um, I had a, I had a fair bit of anxiety about about I guess being alone as well. So it was really really weird because I wanted 
peace and quiet. But I also at points didn't want to be left alone. So yeah, my my family and friends are really good at just sort of, you know, saying, just come and hang out here. So at least there's people around. That feeling of, yeah. Um, and yeah, my mum particularly, you know, would you know, come over and, and she just did everything for me in a sense. And it, and by doing that, I, you know, also then wasn't at home doing washing and cleaning. I sort of just went, no, nah, I've got to go and rest at someone else's house and talk about how I was feeling, I suppose, and that be okay. So um, that was probably, yeah, something else that, that did help. That I, I was able to kind of say to people, I am struggling. I think it was pretty obvious anyway, um, but something I haven't been so good at in the past yeah, to actually reach out. Mm, but it's something you've picked up along the way that in this instance of suffering, you're able to do more readily, which assisted you in, in getting through this. Yeah, that reaching out, is, it's not something a lot of us are, are good at initially, but to learn that and to do it, which can then help in those moments or, or moments, <laughs> periods of, of suffering. Absolutely. Feel free to go into this as much or as little as you want, but also reaching out, or, I mean, already engaged in professional support, but reaching out to that as well during this period too. And I was just wondering for you um, how important, well, just what that added to during this this period um, as well. Yeah, I had been seeing um, a psychiatrist um, for postnatal depression after the birth of my son so he's yeah six and a half so I've yeah seen her since kind of fairly regularly and so when I had this feeling of wanting to run away from my children and like not be a mum anymore that kind of really triggered what the experience was when I had the postnatal depression so yeah speaking to her you know she obviously already knew that background so I didn't have to explain all of that Um, and she kind of picked up that of course that was that was there as well that there's a history and lots of then judgment on me as a mother to, you know, what kind of mother would, would want to run away from their children and all that judgment was there. So um, she was really good to talk to those, talk those thoughts through, you know, and then let me sort of challenge them. I say, you know, really pick up is that, is that a rational thought or not? Um, and, and then to kind of be a bit more gentle on myself for it. So yeah, she. I think just knowing the history did make it a little bit easier that I didn't have to explain. Actually, I am having some similar feelings um, that I've had before, and and yeah, and, and just lots of judgment came through more than anything. Lots of criticism about that as a as I am as a mother. So she kind of already, yeah, was already trying to support that part of me. <laughs> It sounds like it was really valuable to have someone on your health team that already was familiar with your health, you know, and your history there and could get onto that quick with you. Sounds like for you, and I know it has been for me as well, it's something that can help us move through a a, a period of suffering probably a little bit quicker, like, and less painful, <laughs> or maybe, um, than would have been if, if we didn't have that yeah so well done you yeah I felt it it like you know it was kind of quite surprised at how I think it was the first week I still was feeling and then by the second week I was like wow I actually feel like I feel more like myself when in the past I probably yeah feel like it's gone for longer than that before I kind of feel better so um I think that was getting help 
yeah straight away yeah being able to access those and it sounds like personal like your family and your professional who all sound sound like they have your best interests at heart and 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 want to do what they can to help you through it and yourself too have it sounds like having your back as well these days a little bit more like willingness to accept that help as well yeah absolutely again something still learning but definitely better at I know you took those two weeks off Jenny as you mentioned and and you were just starting to talk about they're starting to feel uh better and were surprised that you were getting better quicker than you thought and I was just wondering you know you're back at work yeah I suppose just getting a feel of where things are like what for you as well where things are at you yeah for you at the moment you know being back at work yeah I I mean going back to work there was a lot of anxiety about going back to work (laughs) um which I again was able to talk through with my psychiatrist and and support people as well and my manager um was checking in on me yeah at least a couple of times a week and just seeing that I was okay and and sort of talking about you know we can we can get together when you come back in and talk about how, you know, how this is going to look and what you need from us as an organisation and um, all of that sort of stuff. And then coincidentally um, I got my position got made redundant probably about four weeks later. And so at first, you know, it was that is this because of I my last couple of weeks, you know, because I was quite honest that I, you know, Again, I didn't sort of at that point say I think it's a work thing at the start. It was more my mental health's not good. And then, yeah, I thought, oh, no, maybe they've made me redundant because I can't handle the job. You know, obviously it was my my critic coming in again. So I was able to voice that with my manager, though. <laughs> and she was like, no, 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 that's of course that's not it, and actually offered me another role. Um, it was just more of a finance thing for my, my the, the role that I was in. So the other, they offered me a couple of other counselling roles, um, which I've taken one of them, which is still very similar to my other, the role that I was doing. So I, in taking that, have kind of given myself permission to maybe look for something else to have a bit of a break from counselling for a little while or maybe less counselling and balance it out a bit more with something else rather than doing as much counselling. So yeah, it's good that I've still got a job <laughs> and still have an amazing, you know, manager and um, executive manager who is really supportive. Um, yeah, and I still get to do some counselling, which is good because sometimes, you know, yeah, it can be, you know, some of my clients, you know, it's really lovely and energising and other times it's it, I still get that feeling of, oh, there's so much, yeah, care going out still. Yeah, so when I got made redundant... <laughs> I felt relief and that's when I knew <laughs> um, something's not right yet. Like I'm, I'm ready to to have a break and so, yeah, I've kind of kind of stepped back a little bit from it. There was a, just a couple of things there that, that I, I want to talk to. I'll get more from what that meant for you. The one like you mentioned there, your manager and your executive manager um, and their support, and I, I think you've talked a lot to this already, but just what that meant to you to have to to have that support in the workplace, you know, in terms of what you were going through. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if I, I mean, you'd hope that these organisations would have that, you know, being that we support other people's mental health, but, you know, you just never know. It's also really hard to admit um, for the sake of going, what if 
I lose my job or what if they, you know, I get they can't discriminate, but what if they find a way to go, oh, she's not coping or she can't do this role, we need to find somebody else. So, yeah, it was, you know, I still had that anxiety about it. But I think, you know, my manager, yeah, was just really good at reassuring me um, that she also, as being a, you know, doing a lot more face-to-face stuff um, a little while ago with clients that she too had similar experiences, which was helpful to to hear and to sh- hear someone else's vulnerability of that too. So, yeah, yeah, that I think without that support, I would have probably just resigned and just, yeah, I don't know what I would have done after that, but I would have resigned and just at least been able to close that and go, well, I'll just, yeah, not have to go back there. So, and that's a thank you for talking more to that, uh, you know, yeah, that workplace support. Like there's still that, you know, of course, understand that anxiety around and, and it's a real courageous step to reach reach out and share that that suffering that you're going through because there's always that potential, like that things may not um, be received well then when they are received well and and, and I'm so grateful that you had that experience as well, and so did I. That I, but that's not always everyone's experience out there. And then if the if the workplace itself is not supportive, that they'll lose a great employee as a result because that's what they're left with, or they'll continue to suffer in that workplace. The you know, an employee. Um, so the the importance of 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 a the the um, system, the workplace to to be able to hold that space you know I mean obviously then not the therapist or anything like that but being able to handle that well enough and um yeah because it is hard and and then your choice which you know to be able to take that leap as well to share your vulnerability and I love that that your manager did as well like that was something that happened to me as well when I opened up I opened up to my supervisor first and then um the director at the practice I worked at both of them shared there um and briefly like but but they shared their story and it just made me feel like I think you use the word validated and normalized because he's a professional in the same field as me and they've suffered too yeah I think it, you know definitely those thoughts of I can't cope with this job role um I shouldn't be doing this other people can and that's not necessarily the truth either so it's so powerful when people share their vulnerability as well with us um I think that's why that is why I'm doing this podcast and 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 having people like yourself on I think there's well I know there's a lot of treasure to be found in our in our suffering in our vulnerabilities and sharing that can help ourselves but help others as well the other thing you mentioned there, Jenny, too, that I thought was really rich and, and helpful as well is that decision you made, like all, all that experience you had first when you got made redundant and it, well, you felt that relief. It sounds like that was a switch for you going, okay, I'm not quite where I need to be at with my work role. I need to change something here to find some balance. And that, and if I heard you correctly, that's where you then started to, with the idea of doing less counseling face to face and mixing that up with something else to help that balance as the word I give it um but yeah just so you know if there's anything else you can share about that decision process and 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 where you're at with that at the moment yeah I um I did go for another job during that time as well and that was actually an increase in hours and um you know I thought maybe that's what I should do because this other role was a decrease in hours 
And so I was like, oh, no, you know, thinking more about money than anything. And <laughs> and so I went to this interview and, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, it was like, you know, people, how was the interview? Yeah, it was okay. You know, what do you think? Oh, I don't know, I don't know. And I still had um, a couple of days to decide about this, the, kind, the job still in the same organisation that I'm in now. And um, and I I think I told you, Shannon, but I was lining up getting a COVID test <laughs> and I was listening to the podcast, the first one. Oh, I'm sorry, the second one with the first person you interviewed, um, Trisha, I think it was. And um, and that was my, you know, thing where I went, no, Jenny, don't take the, the role that's more hours doing the same thing because you will, you don't, you know, you'll burn out, think about doing better balance here and so it was really that podcast listening to that at that time because I was in this line for a few hours and yeah and that's when I went no I'm not taking that job I'm going to take the less one and take it as an opportunity to do something else if I need more money to do something have the time to do something else that's not counselling yeah so that was yeah I think that's why I had to reach out to you because I was like oh my god it's helped me make this decision and I felt so much relief from that that yes, no, I'm listening to myself, not what I think I should do. Um, you know, I should do that because it's more money and it's more secure and all that sort of stuff. So, so far with making the choices you've made, has it made a difference in terms of your health and well-being, and 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 particularly what you mentioned there about your role as a mum and 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 a wife, and uh, you know, and and you weren't liking how work was in well. The mental, your mental health as a result of the the workload and everything was having on those roles and and who you wanted to be in them. I was just wondering, yeah, what difference that's made. Yeah, absolutely. We, um, my husband and I, sort of, you know, would talk about this quite regularly over the last, well, probably six weeks. You know, since I kind of had a couple of weeks in my old role, just kind of tidying things up. So it was. I'd already been made redundant, so I had that release of, okay, this is, you know, even that was enough to go, okay, you can just switch off and sort of say goodbye to people and know that this is ending soon. And then the sort of next time, the next four weeks of beginning a new role. And, yeah, the the change in my relationship with him, just having, yeah, just not being so grumpy <laughs> at night time when I get home, you know, after actually enjoying being with my kids. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge change, huge, that, that my husband also recognises and tells me about as well, that he sees that too. So that's always nice to um, to hear it as well. Jenny, to finish off today, I was just wondering if you could share with us any wisdom or learnings that you have gained from this experience. I think, yeah, for myself, which hopefully someone else will be able to resonate with as well, but that if you're joking about taking leave, <laughs> if that's your cope, you know, because my thing was to joke, it was just my coping mechanism. But if that's on your mind, like, oh, I, feel, I need leave, I, I feel tired, you know, I feel like, oh, I'd love to not go to work today, like to actually listen to it and maybe preempt and actually go take the annual leave. And, yeah, so that was my biggest thing. I, I felt like maybe if I'd done that, I could have prevented this from happening a little bit. And, yeah, I guess it's, you know, just reaching out for support, cliche as that is, um, but the right support, you know, and I'm, I'm really lucky with my, you know, the people that I do have around me. So, but it was, yeah, it's taking that courage to actually admit that something's not okay 
Well, thank you so much, Jenny, um, for for sharing your story and being so courageous yourself in in um, in ex- coming on and being a guest here on a different kind of gap year. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening in to this month's episode of Career Burnout, A Different Kind of Gap Year. It gives me so much pleasure to be able to produce and deliver this podcast to you. I'm a great believer that sharing our vulnerabilities does help each other. So please don't keep this to yourself. Please share this. You may not think that there's somebody else out there who would appreciate it, but trust me, there is. So please don't keep it to yourself and reach out, comment, like, uh, subscribe. Let me, let me know um, what you think uh, and, and what maybe you'd like to see in the podcast in the future. I'm open to suggestions and I'm open to uh, any kind of feedback, of course, Please be respectful. That's all that I do ask when you are giving feedback. Uh, If you or someone you know has a mental health work story along the lines of career burnout, uh, compassion fatigue, please reach out. Uh, My email is a different kind of gap year at outlook.com. I'd love to hear from you and see if uh, being a future guest on the show Uh, is something you'd like to do but until next time please take care of you